Welcome to the Health Systems Podcast, a podcast series bringing you conversations on the issues shaping health systems in low and middle income countries around the world, brought to you by the USAID Local Health System Sustainability Project, LHSS. We'll be sharing learning from the project's work toward a future in which all people have access to affordable, high-quality, essential health services. I'm Debbie Ventimiglia with the LHSS Project, and in this episode, we'll explore systems thinking and systems practice within the project. I'll be speaking with Midori Dehavich, Technical Director for the LHSS Project, to get an overview of systems thinking, and then we'll turn to Miguel Polito, Chief of Party of the LHSS Columbia Program, to learn how that team is working with counterparts to apply systems thinking. Our first guest, Midori Dehavich, has been leading and implementing development programs in low- and middle-income countries for 25 years, including two years serving as Minister of Health and 10 years as Chief of Party of USAID-funded projects in her native country of Peru. Midori, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It's so nice to be here. My pleasure talking to you today. Before delving into systems thinking, let's first talk about what we mean by a health system, because not everybody understands it the same way. How does the LHSS project, which works to strengthen health systems, define a health system? That's a really great question, Deb. Uh, The World Health Organization has said that a health system consists of all organizations, people, and actions whose primary intent is to promote, restore, or maintain health. And I would say that WHO's formulation of the health system building blocks has been really influential and led to a common understanding of what a health system consists of. I'm referring, of course, to the six building blocks of the health system that WHO defined in 2007, uh, which were service delivery, health workforce, health information systems, essential medicines, finance, and leadership and governance. It's true that WHO recognized that these building blocks are interconnected, uh, but a focus on separate blocks, on each of the separate blocks unintentionally, I think, has led in some cases to a siloed uh, view of the system, uh, the health system, and of, of course, disconnected solutions and interventions. So... Here at uh, LHSS, we consider the critical concept in the health system is the interconnectedness of the parts or components of the system. These parts are interrelated. If one part isn't functioning well, other parts will probably not be able to do their function as well as needed. So to improve one part, changes probably are needed not only in that component, but across other components of the system. So when we say health system, we mean mean not only the constituent parts, the components, but most critically the relationships, interactions between them. It's in those interactions that we can see uh, how the system needs to work better. And more importantly, relationship between the actors and institutions in the system. 
Behind those parts, those components, and those functions, we find stakeholders with specific interests, with motivations that we need to understand and that are uh, critical to uh, behavior change towards uh, improvements in the system. Additionally, another element that is crucial that the health system lives in a country-specific reality, the context. This is the social, economical, economic, political, cultural context mean that shocks affect the systems, changes in the context affect the system, and this is probably not co under control of the system by itself. So understanding what surrounds the system is as critically important as understanding what the relationships are within. So given the complexity of a health system, can you describe what we mean by systems thinking? System thinking is about how all these parts have to work together to produce good health services and good health outcomes, uh, as I have been saying. So when the LHSS project is presented with the opportunity to collaborate with a host country in solving a problem, uh, with the health system, we work with our partners in the countries to use system thinking to devise our interventions, the solutions to that specific problem. For example, if uh, the problem is a low percentage of uh, migrant people living with HIV, receiving ARVs, we start uh, by asking our counterparts and having this conversation about what is keeping them from receiving treatment and what are the key elements in the systems that need to function well in order to increase the access of uh, these vulnerable populations to ARVs. USAID's new vision for health system strengthening 2030 calls for this kind of thinking. Can you talk a bit about why systems thinking is so important? So let me go back to this idea of the complex system versus uh, a complex problem versus a simple problem. Uh, for example, for a simple problem, the solution is well known. There are best practices that have been tried out in different parts of the world. Uh, these are uh, available for practitioners to apply. This is more of a linear kind of thinking. If you do A, you get B as a consequence. It's sort of predictable. For example, a hospital lacks a CEO as someone has resigned, so you need to go through the process of hiring a new CEO. That's a simple problem. In contrast, a complex problem is when there is no consensus on the problem, uh, let alone the solutions. Uh, there are many competing actors with different understandings and in incentives and interests uh, around the problem. There's quite a bit of uncertainty. The, the environment can be quite unstable. And it is in these types of problems that system thinking is needed. So the message here, and I think uh, is very well captured in... Uh, USAID's vision for health system strengthening is that as health systems become more complex, uh, more interconnected to the global also environment, uh, and COVID, of course, is one very clear example of interconnectedness uh, across the globe, um, we do need to do more system thinking. 
we will find ourselves in situations in which simple problems are rare uh, and uh, more and more uh, what might have been considered a simple problem in the past has become more complex uh, as we work with health systems towards these three UCID's outcomes, which are equity, quality, and resource optimization. So I do think that the first step uh, is recognizing what kind of problem you're facing in system thinking. Midori, I know you and I have talked before about the hazards of applying a simple solution to a complex problem. I was thinking about an example that it's very well known. Uh, and all of people that have been working on uh, development and health systems must have faced sometime in their life, which is you go in into an institution, for example, a provider institution, organization, and the quality of the service is not optimal. And the first thing that comes to mind is, well, these health professionals, this health personnel need training. So we go and jump right into the training. And of course, we go back in a year time and there are other people there and they also need training and it goes on and on and we can't really pinpoint what is happening in the system that it doesn't improve the health quality, uh, the, the services that they are providing. And of course, we have learned that that's very inefficient Uh, Because we are looking at just one part of the problem, the lack of skills. Have we had the conversation about the lack of motivation? Are we talking about incentives? Are they correct? The correct incentives? What's the culture of the organization? Are we at all discussing the lack of opportunities? What are the organization rules and regulations? Are they conducive to better health quality, health service quality? I'm wondering, is there some sort of process for recognizing what type of problem you have? Yes, there are several tools out there to do that. Um, and I can, I can think of uh, four questions that you could ask yourself. Is there a, a common understanding around the problem? Is all the stakeholders clear and have the same Uh, definition of the problem. The second question would be, is there a consensus about what the solution might be? Uh, The third question is, is the environment stable and predictable? Are we talking about um, things that are moving very quickly that might affect the solution or the understanding of the problem? Or is it more a stable environment in which Uh, you don't expect a lot of change uh, and uh, a sustained sort of uh, rules around it. And the fourth question would be, is this a small-scale intervention or is it a complex, broader health system intervention? If your answer to all those questions are no common understanding, no consensus on the solution, a very unstable situation, and a broad intervention, then you're probably facing a complex problem. Midori, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. And I hope we can come back and speak with you later on in the project. 
Thank you so much. This has been fun. Now we'll turn to Miguel Polito, Chief of Party for the LHSS Country Program in Colombia. Miguel has extensive experience implementing social, financial, and economic policies in the health sector in Latin America, including high-level roles with the Colombia Ministry of Health and local health secretariats. For LHSS, Miguel oversees a large program that is working with the Colombian government to both integrate Venezuelan migrants into the national health system and respond to the COVID emergency. Thanks so much for joining us today, Miguel. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Miguel, your team's work supporting the Ministry of Health to integrate migrants into Colombia's health system must be an example of what Maduri defined as a complex problem. Yes, uh, effectively dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, which is one of our lines of work, is not a simple problem. Our, our main line of work that is helping migrants from Venezuela to Colombia and the receptor communities regarding health-related uh, issues. That is not a simple problem either. And there are uh, various reasons for that. You know, the, the main, I think, is the type of program that we are implementing here in Colombia. Our aim is to create uh, capabilities in the country, which we are doing through supporting the development of strategies at different levels. Uh, let me put some examples. We are not the kind of program that is going to provide you with an ambulance, like let's go by and put the ambulance in a small town. We have to think more than that. We have to think how this uh, ambulance can be supported, the maintenance, gasoline, the driver, more things to be this um, aimed uh, sustainable. Thanks for that. Can you give us an example of the types of challenges the program has faced? Sure. Uh, one of the uh, key uh, challenges, in addition to the obvious one of supporting the provision of healthcare to millions of migrants, has been to consolidate a strong relationships with all the actors involved in the conversation the Ministry of Health and Social Protection, the Border Authorities, the Colombian Office of Migration, Health Secretariats, Health Professionals, and of course, uh, the communities themselves. We are consolidating a solid strategy with different areas that, instead of working as a silos, work as a consolidated interconnecting system, one whole team. I'd like to hear a little bit about the rapid response team model the program helped develop. I'm referring to LHSS Columbia's work to help the government assemble and deploy four-person rapid response teams throughout the country to help local health authorities respond to COVID. How did you apply systems thinking to develop that strategy? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting uh, question. Uh, yes, uh, the rapid response teams, as that the, the perfect example that when you arrive just in time with the right solution that the communities of the government need at that moment. Our rapid response teams are conformed by one epidemiologist, one doctor, one nurse, and one uh, nurse uh, assistant. Uh, they are a good way to understand how system thinking can be applied to an emergency situation. 
we knew that the Ministry of Health needed, and we create that team with the necessary skills to address the pandemic from an epidemiological perspective. At the end, what we have and still have is all the moving parts working together to improve good health outcomes. What was the tool you used when you were crafting the Rapid Response Team solution? Hmm. What a good question. Um, allow me first to tell you what the Rapid Response Teams are. They, they are teams of professionals such as doctors, nurses, and epidemiologists with experience in health emergency management and public health surveillance. Uh, these teams were created when the COVID-19 health emergency began because the local response capacity of the Colombian health system was overwhelmed by the pandemic. In terms of uh, systems thinking, uh, we use several different tools, uh, but the main one was uh, stakeholder mapping at the local level. Uh, we use this uh, tool to identify key local actors, such as health secretariats, hospitals, health promotion entities, and community leaders, especially, and to understand their roles. Uh, this helped uh, us to guide the effective at deployment of these teams. It also prepared us to meet with the stakeholders at the territorial level to carry out uh, planning, implementation, and monitoring processes. The use of a stakeholder uh, mapping along with a holistic approach used by the rapid response teams themselves served uh, to bridge the different actors to face a complex and new global problem and work effectively as an integrated group. So it seems that systems thinking isn't always a lengthy process. You all rolled this model out rather quickly. <laughs> uh, our biggest challenge was to design and put into motion a quick response to the COVID-19 pandemic, remotely, virtually, you know, it was, it was kind of the big challenge. And that was, that was what we did. But the important thing about understanding the attacking complex problem is recognizing the reality challenges all the time. And the work with the rapid response teams helped us keep aligned with the context and the needs, you know, both immediate and future actions of the territories in which we work. The rapid response things serve a specific purpose, but at the same time, they are helping us to advance in deepening our relationship with the health secretaries and identifying new challenges that we can address in support of them in the near future. As I stated before, the complex reality of the COVID-19 pandemic is continually changing. Something that we can do last month, maybe we have to change it next month. What we know about the disease today will almost certainly be uh, different than what we know about in the very near future. And that is something that we have in our minds regarding all the work we do. And that is why our work is also based on building relationships. System thinking has helped 
us understand the context of every territory in which we work to create solutions and uh, alliance, but also it has a major impact of increasing access to information, design more uh, sustainable strategies, and improving the healthcare services of some of the most uh, marginalized people in Colombia. Sounds like a successful program that you adapted according to changes along the way. Miguel, it has been a pleasure speaking with you about the LHSS program's activities in Colombia and how the program has used and continues to use systems thinking to address some of the country's complex health challenges. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. There were a lot of takeaways from Midori and Miguel's interviews, but I'll leave you with three that stood out for me. First, a critical task for people who work on health system strengthening is to understand the interconnectedness of the system's components, the motivations and interests of stakeholders, and the specific social, economic, political, and cultural context in which the system operates. Second, practitioners should apply systems thinking when faced with a complex problem, one where there may be no consensus on the problem or solution, where the environment is unstable and where the intervention is broad and complex. Finally, systems thinking can be done effectively using systems thinking tools and approaches that allow practitioners to unpack the behaviors and relationships among the functions and actors and to craft strategic solutions. We heard Miguel speak about how valuable stakeholder mapping has been in his Columbia program, and there are many other tools available. Perhaps we can explore those in a future episode of the Health System Podcast. Thanks for listening.